Road men, let's talk about a double Von 2 day. Yeah, you heard me right, a double Von 2 day. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back. It's stage 11 of the Tour de France from Serge to Malassine, 198.9 kilometers. You don't need to worry yourself about those pronunciations because all you need to know is today is a double Vontu day. Like double just sounds rough. Like I just went down to the coffee shop and I ordered an espresso and she's like, do you want a double espresso? And I was like, that sounds a bit much. It, it just sounds, it sounds too much. Two Vontus in one day should not be ridden by any man. And I suppose before we get into the podcast proper, uh, you can't mention Vontu without mentioning the late, great Tom Simpson. And unfortunately and tragically lost his life on the 13th of July, 1967, while sitting in the top 10 the Tour de France and pushing to try and take that jersey. So I think every time we go up one two, and rightly so, we remember the great Tommy Simpson. So rest in peace, Tommy. And the break today definitely would have been something he would have been proud of because it was just littered with stars of our sport. Philippe, Wout van Aert, Bulk Mollema, Dan Martin, We'd other lads that it'd be, it's a bit of a stretch to call Kenny Ellison the star of the sport, but nonetheless, he's a great bike rider. And, you know, it was a solid, solid, good climbing group. And then we had the lad who was second in yesterday's bunch sprint, solo to victory, Wout van Aert, second yesterday to Mark Cavendish, the fastest man in the Tour de France. And now he goes today and wins a double Vontu stage in the Belgian Championships jersey. We've known for a long time that Wout van Aert, maybe along with Mathieu van der Poel, are the two most versatile riders in our sport. Wout, he can time trial, he can climb, he can sprint, he can ride cyclocross, I'm sure he can ride BMX. He's just an all-round legend. I did notice Wout van Aert today, he wasn't rocking his sponsored set of team wheels. Instead, he was rocking a blacked-out set of wheels, which I believe are Metron Vision wheels. Interesting that a few riders and teams this year have elected to kind of black kit out and use just the best kit available rather than their sponsor's kit. Sure, the sponsor absolutely loves that. We've seen Matthew van der Poel. And he rocked the TT with all sorts of, you know, tricked out aerodynamic stuff to try and hold on to the jersey. We had a number of abandons today. Miles Scottson from Groupama, FDJ. And FDJ have some sort of bug. It's like a COVID-type bug, but it hits annually every July for Francis de Jeu. And we remember a couple of years ago, Pino and the knee injury and those tears. And David Godot rode super well in Tour Swiss and Romandie in the Dauphiné this year. But he just doesn't seem to have it this year. And then he's dropped. Like he's sitting a tent on GC before today's stage. And then he's dropped on the forced descent of Vontoux. Their FDJ just can't get it together for the Tour de France. And Miles Scottson from FDJ abandoned today. Along with some other notable riders. One of my favourite riders, T. Spinout from DSM. Tony Martin. Look, Jumbo Visma just 
difficult for him to get any luck this year and Wout van Aert turned that around today we'd uh, Tosh van der Sande from Lotto Sudal uh, we'd Clement Rosa and Dan McLean both from Arkea Samsung and we'd the world air record Victor Karpenarts from Kubeka next hash all climbed off today in stage 11 uh, we've seen the GC battle. Firstly, we've seen Ineos riding like they had the lead of this race. And I'm not really sure why we've seen that. You know, maybe there's a couple of scenarios. Maybe they thought they could win the stage and they didn't anticipate Wout van Aert being so strong up front. Maybe they thought they could crack Pogaccia and put some pressure on them. And they did put some pressure on them, but they weren't the benefactor of that pressure. Uh, we've seen the young uh, Danish uh, Jonas Vindegaard was the benefactor and seemed to be the only one who could crack Pogaccia very slightly. They did crack Ben O'Connor, they cracked Heinrich Mass, so it's hard to massively criticise them. I just would have liked to see them go on the attack on Von 2 edition 1 rather than waiting for the second time around because Carapaz doesn't have that pop to go with Pogaccio when he goes I thought they might go from further out look very easy to criticise them for riding like headless chickens today and riding like they're leading the race when in fact they were sitting on 5th in GC going into the race but what was the alternative? Really, what was the alternative? They were just going to sit back and do nothing? So at least they tried something. Look, we can criticise them for trying the wrong thing, but yeah, look, they tried something. So hopefully they keep trying something. We flagged a few days ago that the GC battle is more or less done and most of the drama isn't coming from there. The drama today came from Wout van Aert up in the break. The drama from the GC battle today was pretty fucking tame, if I'm completely honest. Uh, Vindergaard did gap Pogaccia briefly at the top of the climb. He said he, Pogaccia in his post-race interview said he blew a little bit, but it just looked like a case of managing his effort. He didn't need to go with it. He was just over the top of the climb. Why go deep? His chaser's coming from behind. He's Rigoberto Oran, Carapaz. He nestles into that chase group of three, and they easily reel in Vindergaard in the finish to finish in a group of four. The crack in Pogaccia, I would say, is more symbolic because it gives hope to other GC teams to go, well, this lad's not infallible. He's human. He has two legs. He has hair. He has lungs. He can be beaten. And it's possible that Pogaccia's come into the Tour. I'm not saying this is likely, but it's possible that Pogaccia has come into the Tour de France overcooked or right on form. And then when you add in the first race race week, now he's overcooked in week two and we might start seeing some cracks in him. But he still looks stronger than Carapaz, Rigoberto Oran. So it's hard to say there's any cracks. Also, I've heard a lot of pundits thrown around this idea that last year Pogaccia didn't have to deal with the press and the media involved because he only got the jersey, the Moyer-Jean, on the last day in the time trial. And this year, there's expectation on, on him. There's media obligations on him. There's podium ceremonies, etc. And I know that takes a little bit extra, but he just looks like a lad who's going to take all that in his stride. I honestly don't see him. We've... You can lose time in time trials, crosswinds, uphills. He's not losing time in uphills or time trials. They're going to have to test him in the crosswinds. Other teams may be encouraged now to have a crack at him. If we're going to see any level of racing of any interest, that's what we need. For me, the main interest left in this Tour de France it's coming from Mark Cavendish and chasing this record. And that's what we're going to get back to tomorrow. But before I dive into that, 
just today wrapped up with Wout van Aert taking an amazing double Von 2 stage win which is brilliant Kenny Ellisand in second with his teammate Bulk Molomad two of them crossing the line and high-fiving each other second and third isn't a great look for two teammates when you're in a break and you've three in a break of eight but we'll leave that one there uh, Pogaccia's coming in fourth Rigoberto Rand's fifth GC has a little bit of a change Pogaccia obviously still leading it Look, Pogaccia's got 5 minutes and 18 seconds lead over second place. And, like, it's unbelievable. Rigoberto Oran, that's it, in 5 minutes 18. Uh, Jonas Vindegaard's up to 3rd place, and he's at 5.32. Carapaz has moved up one spot to 4th at 5.33. And Ben O'Connor has moved down from 2nd to 5th at 5.58. But let that gap sink in. 5 minutes and 18 seconds to Rigoberto Oran. It's massive. He's a better time trialist, and he's a better climber than all the boys behind him. Just don't see where that's going to go wrong. Cav did make the time cut today. You'll be happy to know. I haven't heard how hard he had to work for it. No doubt he did have to work for it. Tomorrow, we're going to have a bunch sprint. Cav is going to go to equal that record tomorrow. We're going for, we're going starting in St. Paul to a Chateau. We're riding 159.4 kilometers into Nîmes. And we're going to see a bunch kick. We're going to see expectation on Cavendish. He's not a man that typically crumbles under pressure and expectation. I fully expect him to equal the record tomorrow. Wout van Aert winning the stage today is the best thing that could have happened to Cavendish. He had a tough, tough day and he was second yesterday, most likely to threaten them. Belgian, obviously, he's going to be fiercely protective of that Eddie Merckx record and that could have been extra incentive for Wout van Aert if he ever needed it to win a Tour de France stage. But I think it's the Mank missile tomorrow. Folks, before I head off, just a reminder to support the podcast on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. To support the podcast, all you have to do is buy me a price of a pint of beer and it keeps the show on the road and it ensures that everybody listening to the podcast can keep listening free of charge. Also, follow me over on Instagram. It's roadman.cycling over on Instagram. We've loads of cool gravel adventures going on, cycling tips every day of the week, and just generally a bit of a laugh going on over on Instagram. It's roadman.cycling. Roadman, thank you for tuning in. Ride safe, and I'm going to chat to you all tomorrow. Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14-day Kickstart Challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio, and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day, or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.